Coming up on today's show. If there's anybody out there young and listening, surround yourself with people that believe in you because my wife and I are proof positive. If you find someone that believes in you, big things and great things can happen to you. I'd like to talk a little about an extraordinary man. Welcome to another new episode of Now Hear This Entertainment, featuring interviews with guests who are having success in entertainment, primarily music. I am Bruce Wozniak, talking to guests who are singers, songwriters, musicians, recording artists, and more from the worldwide music community. Get in touch with me by writing to podcast at nhte.net, or instead of email, you can DM me at Now Hear This Entertainment Instagram account. Joining me today on the Now Hear This Entertainment guest line from Dayton, Ohio, my guest is a singer, songwriter, guitar player who, over the past four decades, has compiled a long list of country hits and chart toppers on both domestic and international sales and radio airplay charts, including two number one iTunes chart singles. He has been in Billboard magazine, on Fox TV, and has recorded popular duets with legendary artists like Ronnie McDowell, and Grammy winner Rhonda Vincent. He has been inducted into both the Indie Country Music Hall of Fame and the Ohio Country Music Hall of Fame. He's currently recording a new album, which we will hear about today. You've been hearing a song of his called Right Where He Ought to Be. Welcome to Now Hear This Entertainment, Richard Lynch. Hello, and thanks for having me. You bet. Thanks for making time to do this. My pleasure, my pleasure. I appreciate you being here. Let's get things started by having you tell the audience all about the song of yours that was just playing called Right Where He Ought to Be. Well, I'm so glad to be here. And the reason that song came to be was a a good friend of mine, Mr. George Buzio, who does a lot of country music podcasts, as well as other genres of music as well. But we got together and he had this idea for a song because he was going to create or be involved, I should say, with a movie, a documentary about a gentleman who had spent his life in Hollywood as a stunt coordinator, a stunt actor, and a stunt teacher. Hmm. And the gentleman's name was Kim Kahana. And I didn't recognize the name when he mentioned it to me, but I went home and I got a little homework established. And I realized that Mr. Kahana was a lifelong, incredible stuntman in Hollywood that had spent 70 plus years and he was involved from the creating the stunts in the movies in the late fifties, all the way through the eighties from Charles Bronson to Arnold Schwarzenegger and Mm. all points in between. And I was fascinated as to how much this gentleman had achieved in his life. And I did a little reading and I did a little research on him and I said, well, you know, I'm going to see if I can't put a song together with this year. Well, Mr. Kahana was 94 years young. That meant that Mr. Kahana, he had survived the Great Depression. Well, my dad and Mr. Kahana had something in common right out of the gate because I had heard a lot of stories of my dad. And uh, right away, I went from that time era and I connected my dad a lot with how Mr. Kahana was. Well, to summarize the story, I would just put in lyrics that fit what 
Mr. Kahana's life was and what he actually achieved with some storylines of how my dad lived. And I combined the two and I submitted the song to Mr. Buzzio to be heard for the movie. And he called me back and he said, I'm going to play it for the family members and the directors and whatnot. And they were real excited about the song. And we got to go in the studio and record it. And I'll never forget this absolute comment. I got to meet Mr. Kahana and his wife for the very first time. And they walked up to me the day of the movie premiere. And they said, Richard, we are just blown away. It's almost as if you knew us when you wrote this song. Whoa. So I was, <laughs> I was really, really wow. pleased that they were pleased that the song turned out that way. So tell me this, though. The title is Right Where He Ought to Be. So help me understand that in conjunction with everything you just described. Well, throughout his life, there was a lot of mishaps in his life. At the age of 13 years old, he was orphaned and was walking across the country from L.A. to New York by himself. Mm. And he happened to be in situations where he survived. And as time went on, he went in. He was actually a survivor of the Korean War. He was actually shot down and was played dead. And uh, wow. he survived the Korean War. He was in a airplane with 33 other folks that was riding in there. And it crashed. And everybody except Mr. Kahana passed away. Wow. So I'm wow. telling you all that to tell you this. As he was making his claim to fame and he's being notarized and interviewed by Time Magazine and People Magazine and this station and that TV station, people would ask him, well, Mr. Kahana, how did you do this? And he would always reply, I guess I was right where I ought to be. Uh. <laughs> and this went on and on and on about so many different facets of his life. And I took that line right where he ought to be. Yeah. And I used the line that he used to create the song. Wow. Wow. Oh, my gosh. What a great story. What a great way to start off the show. That's fantastic. This interview is being released on January 31st, so I can still get away with saying that one year ago this month, <laughs> you released an album called Radio Friend, 12 songs on that album, including not only the title track, but one that we will talk about at the end of today's show. For now, Richard, just fill the audience in about that Radio Friend album. Well, I'm so thankful and gracious that I get to do what I love to do. I love real, traditional country music, and all 12 tracks on that particular album are songs that I wrote or co-wrote. And the title track itself, Radio Friend, was written for a, a lifelong friend. Well, actually, he was a friend before I was born. And by that, I mean he was a friend of my dad's long mm. before I was ever around. And uh, his name is Chubby Howard. And he was inducted into the Steel Guitar Hall of Fame mm. oh, several years back. He was a well-known national and international disc jockey. He played the steel guitar for many, many, many major country artists all over the years, from Grand Ole Opry to Washington State and all points between. Wow. <laughs> and uh, I knew that Chubby was going to be concluding his final broadcast. He was going to retire. Now, Chubby mm. was 96 years young. Mm. 
And I was listening to that, and I wanted to hear that broadcast. And so I'm listening, and I'm listening. And there's another gentleman named Gary Kahn, and those two people were kind of coordinating the conclusion that day. And Gary was also going to conclude his 40 or 50 years of broadcasting along with Chubby that day. So there's a kind of a two-sequence thing right there. Both gentlemen I knew and respected and had an admiration for the both of them. Well, they did their show, and I'm listening to it, and it got down to the end of the show, and it's kind of emotional. And uh, Gary Kahn says at the end of his show, folks, if I don't see you on the air, I'll see you in the air. Mm. And that touched me. I mean, it just sent chills all over me. And uh, I grabbed my pad of paper, my guitar, and right there at the kitchen table, 15 or 20 minutes later, I had wrote Radio Friend. Wow. In true songwriter fashion. (laughs) You heard that hook. Yes, that's exactly right. If I don't see you on the air, I'll see you in the air. I was so, so blown away with that. But so educate the audience, Richard, on the following. Radio Friend, you just described as the title track, but can that be a theme that's carried out throughout the other songs, the other 11 songs on the album, or is it, no, don't read too much into it, I just wanted to make it a tribute to him, highlight him, let that be the title track, and the other 11 songs kind of stand on their own? Yeah, that's the title song. You know, they all stand on their own. Every one of them has a uh, a meaning and inspiration. When I write my music, I guess I could sit down and just write stuff, but it seems to be that I'm more content and I'm more happy with the outcome if I really feel a genuine inspiration. And all 12 tracks on that album are real-life, honest-to-goodness inspirations that touch me. And, you know, I come from a country music household. My dad was an incredible country music singer and guitar player and entertainer. And I knew from a young age that's something that I wanted to do. And I've been blessed enough to be around really, really talented people. And I try to learn from a little bit of everybody. And I'm so impressed with the songwriters of the world. You know, I've done so many wonderful things. I've been in studios. I've done so many awesome concerts. I've done so many wonderful things. But my biggest gratification today for me as a musician is to get in that studio and have that music, that song that I just wrote come to life. What an awesome feeling that is. So I hear you saying that there are 12 different stories being told on the Radio Friend album. It's not that all 12 of them all combine to speak to Chubby and to this concept of the title track. They're all 12 different experiences in your life. Correct. Yeah, nicely said, nicely said. As I mentioned in the intro, you're currently recording a new album. Is there a title for that yet? Do you know when it will be released? Are you at liberty to say how many songs will be on the album? Give us whatever details you're able to disclose at this time. (laughs) Well, thank you for asking. I can't give you the title just yet, but I can tell you this. It's probably the most emotional songs I've ever written have Mm. come from this album. I just decided, you know, I'm going to put my heart out there. I'm going to put it all out and let my emotions shine right on the end of my sleeve. Mm -hmm. And uh, there will be 12 songs. I like putting 12 on all my CDs. Mm -hmm. Just for the fact that it's like I give a little extra, you know, a lot of people do 10 or 8 or whatever, but I want to give a little extra if I can. And if the good Lord has given me enough inspiration to come up with some more music like that there, I want to share it anyhow. I can say I don't really have a title right now because I do, but I can't really share it right now. Sure. Is there a timetable, though, when this might come out? 
it'll be in 24. So in all honesty, it's probably going to be in the fall of this year before okay. we get to release okay. it. And uh, I was just going to say, I'm in the process of doing another project also. I'm doing a 15-track cover album of all my favorite, favorite, all-time, all-time, all-time traditional country songs. And I'm going to release that this year also called Richard Lynch is Pulling Up the Covers. So I'm really excited mm. about that. <laughs> That's a clever title. That's a clever title. I like that. Thank but you. getting back to the one that you said will be out later this year, that your original music, you said that this is going to be a very emotional release. And unfortunately, what we do is we hear emotional and we automatically equate that to that means that all 12 songs are going to tug at my heartstrings, but we forget that emotions can be joy, they can be happiness. So are they yes. all going to be ballads or is it no? Some of them are emotional in the happy celebratory sense. There's a couple of them there that you won't be able to sit still when you hear it. Your feet are starting <laughs> dancing underneath of you. <laughs> you know, I'm blessed and I'm so fortunate that I've been around enough people to just let my emotion roll. And the musicians that I work with in Nashville, Tennessee, are absolutely astounding musicians. And I've been working a lot with the Beard Music Group there in Nashville for oh, about 10 years now and others, but they've really been my go-to source and they have honed in with me what I really want. The musicians are just, they're second to none. They stand up and bring out exactly what I'm looking for. And it's such a pleasure to be in that studio with those guys and get my music out there. I want to come back to them in a moment, but just sticking with what you just talked about with the new album and the emotion and everything. So I take it that these, again, are 12 songs that are based purely on your experiences, you said you're wearing your heart in your sleeve. Over what period of time have you been writing this album that's going to come out later this year? About 15 months. Wow. Wow. Yeah, about 15 months. But tell me this, Richard. Is there such a thing as, now granted, if you are someone, I'll say like Barry Manlow or like Air Supply, where you're known for it's just one love song after another and that is who you are, Unless you're that, is there anything wrong, Richard, with an artist releasing an album of 12 songs where, yes, they are all going to tug at your heartstrings? Or is it kind of like when I go to songwriters festivals, I notice that the organizers or even in Nashville, if you go and see writers rounds, they'll say, hey, if someone plays a ballad, we don't want the next person doing a ballad. You got to do something up tempo. So is it a kind of an unwritten rule that now you really shouldn't do 12 songs on an album that are all kind of ballads that are all going to tug at your heartstrings? You got to mix it up. Or is it it's your album? You can do whatever you want. Well, as a rule, I think I like to be a little more open, you know, towards the different variety of music. So for me, even though I would love a particular artist, maybe if every song is slow and emotional, I might get a little, for lack of better words, bored with it. So just for me, I don't think I would ever do that. Just for the fact that, you know, I just want to be a little more creative than that anyhow. But, you know, if there's an artist like a Barry Manilow and they're selling a million albums and they're all slow ballads, hey, who can argue that success? <laughs> <laughs> well said. Yeah, great point. Great point. <laughs> well, so you did start to mention, and folks, you heard me introduce Richard as being based in Ohio, and yet you're talking about the Beard Music Group being in Nashville. So just give us a little bit more about them, who they are, what they do, how you got connected with them in the first place. And it sounds like this is still an active relationship, not something that, oh, I did work with them in the past, Bruce, but I don't work with them anymore. It sounds like it's ongoing. 
Absolutely. You nailed it. I was fortunate enough to meet some really good songwriters early on in my career when I wasn't writing or didn't really believe in myself as a writer. Mm. It took a little time to believe in myself that, hey, you know, maybe these songs that I'm writing aren't that bad after all. And once you get that first song out there and you connect, you know, then you build that confidence. But the gentleman that I'm speaking of is a gentleman named Billy Yates. And he was a Nashville songwriter that wrote so many songs for people like George Jones and George Strait Mm. and so many of the huge 80s and 90 artists. Billy wrote a lot of those great songs. And I was fortunate enough to hitch my wagon with Billy and he introduced me to the Beard Music Group in Nashville and some songwriters and the folks down there that really kind of gave me an opportunity. It, It didn't make me, but it made me realize that, hey, you're surrounding yourself with people that are doing this year. Pay attention, Richard. You might learn something. <laughs> and he gave me a gift that I'm forever grateful for. Ultimately, it was up to me to make me or break me. But I learned so much by just watching him and listening and developing my own confidence within myself. Hmm. Wow. So when you do all that you described earlier with the Beard Music Group, is it always you're going to Nashville and you're doing everything in person, or is it nowadays with the technology, we're able to do some stuff remotely? How does that all look as you do all this work with them? Here's what I do. I will go down with six songs and we will pre-send me playing my guitar and recorded. My wife will send me my recorded version of her phone to the director and the producer there in Bearded Studios. They will listen to it. They will chart it out. And then in the studio, whether it's the next week or next month. We do a six-song segment, and when I have six songs written, we go down and record them and knock them out. And as we're sitting around the uh, engineer room and listening to, you know, what I've just written, these musicians are listening to these little simple tracks on a guitar, and, uh, you know, you can just see their mind going, (laughs) bouncing, bouncing. And then they go into their room, and they take this, they take this little simple guitar and vocal track and they turn it into this masterpiece. And Mm. every time I go through this experience, I am just blown away with the amount of talent that those folks have down there. Wow. Wow. So the 12 songs for, let's say this upcoming album of yours, is it that you sit down with the aim of, I need to write 12 songs or is it, you know, gosh, Bruce, I think I wrote 30 and I whittled it down from those 30 down to the 12 that you're going to hear later this year. Well, I've not yet been able to hit that number at 30. I wish I could. <laughs> but, <laughs> but no, really, I, I've i been fortunate enough to where my wife, she is a critic, and she believes in me, but she's also straight with me. If there's a song that I've written and that needs a little attention or she says, hey, I'm not so sure about this one, I believe in what she says. So I may have 15 or songs or 20 songs before I actually send ultimately 12 of them, but I haven't made 30 yet. (laughs) Well, but the fact is that even if it is, quote-unquote, only 15 or, quote-unquote, only 20, you are not sitting down and telling yourself, I need to write 12 songs for this album, and you write 12 and you consider yourself finished. I do like that you give yourself that wiggle room to say, well, how do I really feel about this song here now that I've put it to the side and have come back around? Or your wife gives her input and says, I'm not really sure about this one over here. So at least there's not all that pressure. Of course, you want all 12 songs to be great regardless, but you know that if maybe this one wasn't as 
good the second time around as you thought it was when you wrote it, well, that's okay. There's others that you can fall back on instead. That's a great way to put it. And it's never a bad thing to have, you know, four, five, six songs in the can somewhere sitting back, you know. By that, I mean just have them as a reserve. I've been blessed enough to where a lot of artists now, or not a lot, but some artists now are, are contacting me and asking me if I have any songs that, you know, that I would consider letting them record. Ah. And to have six or eight that I've never recorded, and if they would be interested, and I would be honored if they would record them. So that's, it's really a good process to have that. Yeah, yeah, wow. That's a great opportunity that a lot of artists probably don't realize because they discard the songs and say, I don't know, maybe I'll do something with it someday. And if they don't do it themselves, they're missing out on a potential opportunity, like you say, of, well, maybe someone else wants to cut it. So yes, don't, exactly. don't put those too far back in the filing cabinet. <laughs> <laughs> You're right on the money. <laughs> While we're still talking about making music, share with us about some of the collaborations you've done, notably Rhonda Vincent, Leona Williams, and Ronnie McDowell. Well, Ronnie McDowell has been one of my all-time heroes. From the time I was a kid, I was such a fan of Ronnie McDowell, and uh, I got to do a couple shows with him. You know, it's been, I guess, my first show I did with him had been 15 or 20 years ago now, but I got to meet Ronnie, and, and I got to be around Ronnie, and, and I went from really being a fan and liking his music to really being a fan and liking the man. Mm. The man was such a class act. You know, I'm a big USA, red, white, and blue, all-American boy, and I'm proud of it, and I say that to say this. Ronnie McDowell served our great nation, and he knows what it's like to be in the uniform of our nation, and when I found out a that he'd done three tours of duty in Vietnam. I just had so much mm. respect for that man. Wow. You know, that's kind of my little spiel on Ronnie. <laughs> he's not only a great guy, but he's a great American and a great singer. And, and to be around somebody of that caliber, I'm so blown away with him. And, and he's always the same. Every time I see him, he's happy to see me and hugs my neck. And <laughs> mm. I mean, it's just like, this is how it's supposed to be. You know, I'm so happy with Ronnie. Wow. Wow. And the other two, Rhonda and Leona? Well, Rhonda Vincent has been a friend of mine for oh, eight or ten years now. We've done some recording together. We actually had a duet together that charted in 2017. And I see her from time to time. She's got more talent in her little finger than most seven people I know. <laughs> and once again, just down home, approachable, comes from Missouri, raised right, never got above her raisins. But she's one of those gals that... When you hear her, you can't help but just like, oh, my goodness. You can't help but just pay attention and hone in on her. And Miss Leona Williams, you know, as a child, I remember listening to country radio there at the farm growing up. You know, my dad always had radio playing there at the farm, either in the, in the house, in the kitchen, or out in the barns. And Leona Williams was on a, on a lot of Merle Haggard songs that she had recorded and written for Merle. And then she actually recorded a couple songs with Merle back in the day. So I've always been a big fan of Leona. So the first time I got to meet Leona and be around her and her son, Ron, Ron Williams is her son and they tour together, which he's an incredible artist and entertainer in and of himself. But when I got to meet them, the first time I met them, it's like, you know what? It's almost like I'm talking to my aunt. She made me feel like she's known me her entire life. Mm. And that's what's really so special with my career nowadays is that, you know, I've gone from being a fan of all these wonderful artists 
and now I can call him my friend. If that ain't success, I don't know what is. Mm, amen. Amen. And you have not just done traditional country. I want the audience to understand it's evidenced by the fact that you have had success on the Christian country radio charts. Can you elaborate on that? Meaning, is it something you're still doing musically, or is this all past tense and intended to stay that way for the foreseeable future? Well, I love the Lord, and I want to make sure he knows that. And if there's a song that touches me, and if there's a song that inspires me, I'm not afraid to sing about him and let him know that, you know, we appreciate what he's done for us and our country. You know, the way the world is now, they could probably use a whole lot more of him. Mm. For me, I, I go back to that inspiration. You know, life isn't always wonderful. There's low times and high times and, and serious times and good times. And I want to be able to sing a song and, and just say, praise the Lord, whether I'm hurting or if I'm jubilant. I just want to be able to do that from time to time. Yeah, nicely said. And you use the word inspiration in there. I think I've heard the expression inspirational country whereas maybe in the past it would have been called Christian country, which could be people trying to be politically correct. But regardless, if you're lifting up the Lord's name, it doesn't matter what you call it. And, you know, he certainly appreciates it. And like you said, it's in the message, in the song, and trying to move people. That's most important. Yes, you're so right. I'm joined today on the Now Hear This Entertainment guest line from Dayton, Ohio, by singer, songwriter, guitar player Richard Lynch, Visit his official website at richardlynchband.com. I will put a link to it on the show page for this episode on my podcast website, nhte.net. On the store page of his website, you will see that not only can you get his original music digitally, but last year's album that he talked about, Radio Friend, is available for purchase on CD, as are many of the releases prior to that one. Keep up with Richard online for news and availability regarding the release of his new album that you heard him say is currently being recorded. Near the bottom of richardlynchband.com, you will see links to follow on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and to subscribe to Richard's official YouTube channel. Additionally, find Richard and his original music on Spotify, and do give him a follow on there. You can also get Richard's original music from iTunes and other online digital music retailers. This episode is coming out after I will have just gotten back from Orlando, where I was speaking at the 10-year anniversary edition of PodFest Multimedia Expo. Even the folks from the OWL app saw the great potential for meeting new people by having a booth at that massive event. That's ironic since OWL is an app that helps you accomplish exactly that, meeting new people That will help you with your career. Now, before you say, Bruce, you don't even know what kind of career I'm in. No, I don't. But I do know that OWL has such a wide range of experts on their platform looking to help people like you across a wide array of industries that you'll certainly find one or more people that you'll connect with. I've talked to a number of people through the OWL app, some of which were calling me about podcasting. The choice is yours. There's a powerful search feature on OWL. And the folks that run the app are very approachable. The founder of it, Jason Hill, he's on there all the time. So yes, you can even call him too. Let me help you through using it. Here's what I mean. On my podcast website, nhte.net, tap or click anywhere it says home, and then read the article that I have there under the headline, Help Now a Phone um, App Call Away. It has links to download the app for free, and it has my invitation code 
which is a required field as you're setting it up on your phone. OWL, it's like the bird except with two W's and two L's, is like LinkedIn on steroids. Call me through there and let's get you off and running making great new connections for your career. Richard, I have been fortunate to get listeners from 163 countries around the world, which means that as long as you have been at it, there are going to be people in the audience just being introduced to you for the first time. You have seen so, so much from the collaborations that you talked about in the first half of the show to the transition from analog to digital to lots of live performances that you've done. Can you just share with us about having spent four decades in the country music industry? Well, I kind of touched on it earlier. My biggest inspiration in my life was my dad. From a young age, I knew that's what I really wanted to do. And I was fortunate to get some opportunities because of my dad. You know, I I was playing the honky-tonks and stuff before I was legally able to be him. But <laughs> <laughs> then, you know, life goes on and the music changes. You know, I my true love and true passion is with my genuine, true, traditional country music. But I love good, solid rock and roll music. I love stuff that people that gets up and dances. And, you know, if you're playing a nightclub or what have you, you pretty well got to be very versatile. And I've learned to love a lot of different genres of the music. Mm. But my true love, my true heart is with my traditional country, heartfelt country music. And uh, I think there's probably more so today a need for it than about any time I can remember. And I know there's a lot of folks that really want to still hear it. And they're looking for that connection that artists to hook their hitch their wagon with and uh, i've been fortunate enough lately uh, to manage to fill that need for them well and i admire you for sticking with it and recognizing that when it would be easy to give in to well i guess this isn't what they're playing on the radio anymore i guess these people don't have a use for my music anymore or the people that get so discouraged by everything is streaming now and they sit around complaining about the music industry instead of making the music that made them so happy to make in the first place. So I admire you that you have seen all those things happen and say, I'm just going to continue doing what I love from day one. You're exactly right. And thanks for saying that. You run something called the Keeping It Country Farm. Can you explain what all that entails? Yeah, the Keeping It Country Farm is a uh, actual farm that I live on. We live on a farm there, a working farm. We grow hay and I have horses. And just recently we had a lot of donkeys and so forth there on our farm, but we're just down to quarter horses now, me and my wife. And uh, we decided that we'd like to build something, a venue and put it right there on our farm and uh, bring country music right there to our farm. Mm. And we did just that. So we built a venue. It's a big, beautiful barn and it seats about 400 people. Wow. And we bring Grand Ole Opry stars once a month, June through October, once a month, and national artists. And we bring them there once a month where people can get a good close upfront and personal connection with these folks that they've admired for, you know, years and years and years. So the venue is really personal. It's really nice. It's beautiful. And we decided to take one step further and dedicate the proceeds that we earn from the concerts to the most deserving people on the planet, as far as I'm concerned, and that's our men and women of the military. Mm. So we started the Love Tattoo Foundation, and the Love Tattoo is a foundation that's dedicated to their emotion. You know, a lot of people say, what's the tattoo? I say, it has nothing to do with ink. It's a soldier that's served their country, and they've 
had a psychological or a physical scar, and that's their love tattoo. Oh, so we create a special place once a year, and we'll dedicate the proceeds from one particular year to a, an Ohio-based soldier organization or a Michigan-based soldier organization or to somebody that's affiliated or lost a loved one in service. It's got to be somehow associated with the American GI who has dedicated their lives so that we can live and be free and have the country that we have. It's just our little way of giving back. Do these beneficiaries that you're referring to, do they find you or do you find them or both? Both. We've been fortunate enough to go up in Michigan and do a uh, concert for some folks. Actually, there was it's been about six years ago or seven, and there was a handful of World War II vets in the audience. Don't think that wasn't emotional. Mm. And to see folks from World War II to today who are so grateful, for lack of better words, that someone thinks enough of them to honor them. What a special day that is. But audience, let's not miss out on what Richard said at the start of all that. Richard, you are a full-time musician, and you're a full-time farmer, it sounds like. Yes, sir. That's exactly right. The Traditionally Lynch Show, is that audio? Is it video? Is it radio, TV? Is it a podcast? And then what all does that consist of, and how can people find it? Well, the Traditionally Lynch Show right now is a radio podcast at this particular time. We have done TV events. We have done filmed events. Most of our events at our farm, we film. Hmm. So we will, at some point or other, we have been known to hitch our wagon with networks out of Cincinnati or different places around the country, and they'll air uh, a particular segment of that particular uh, show, whether it's Ronnie McDowell show or a T. Graham Brown show or whoever we have. But as an answer to your question, for the most part, Traditionally Lynch is a podcast that gets broadcast every Saturday and Sunday. You can go to my website and get all the information there that you would need to find out how to follow that. But so what will people hear when they listen to that since the performances at your farm are only once a month? In other words, is it a talk show? Is it an interview show? Are you playing music? What is the content of the traditionally Lynch show? Well, there is 95% music, and there is an occasional interview with a artist or a disc jockey or somebody that wants to share their experience with a veteran. So you'll have a little bit of that, but primarily 95 or 96% traditional country music. Okay, okay. As I mentioned back in the intro, you have been inducted into both the Indie Country Music Hall of Fame and the Ohio Country Music Hall of Fame. Clearly, those are both tremendous honors, but have you found, Richard, that having those behind your name has opened doors that maybe might otherwise have been closed to you without being able to mention those two highlights? Well, it's hard to say. I'd like to think so because, you know, I'm honored and blessed that someone thinks enough of me to nominate me to an establishment of that caliber. Or, you know, someone thinks enough of my music to be mentioned with, you know, the Ohio Country Music Hall of Fame. It's such an honor. But to say that I've benefited from it, I'm sure I have somewhere, but I don't know how to pinpoint and say how I benefited from it. Other than the fact that it's bragging rights, and I can brag about it a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's kind of one of those things where the people that made a yes decision on you because of those things, they're the ones that know and not you. (laughs) 
<laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Indie Country Music Hall of Fame. Wow, yeah, we want him. And they don't tell you that. They just say, okay, Richard, they want you at this date, at this place, at this time. <laughs> it's pretty gratifying. It really is. Tell me this. I had told the audience that your website is richardlynchband.com, so that would imply that there is a regular band that you perform with, and if so, who are the members, what are the instruments that they play, what size band is this? Well, it's a six-piece band. I work a piano, lead guitar, steel guitar, drums, bass, and I play acoustic guitar. And our current band members is John Haney plays bass and sings harmony. Chris Oliver plays drums and sings harmony. Doug Goltz plays steel guitar and sings harmony. Tony Williams plays piano and sings harmony. And Tim Bennington plays lead guitar and sings. So uh, great bunch of guys. They've been playing together a long, long time. And I'm, I'm blessed and fortunate to have them with me. Are there such a thing as rehearsals, or is it we've been playing together so long that we've got this on autopilot? Well, the autopilot does seem to kick in from time to time, but (laughs) (laughs) if we have a special event or we're working on a new album or whatnot, we certainly rehearse and get the new material worked up. And, you know, we'll do a radio program or a TV show from time to time. We make sure that we have our little uh, songs spit and polished, you might say. Is the Keeping It Country Farm stage the rehearsal space for the Richard Lynch Band? It most certainly is. You pitch right (laughs) up on that. (laughs) So tell me this. You've mentioned a lot of people from Nashville. You've mentioned going back and forth there yourself for everything that you do with the Beard Music Group. At any point in your career, did you ever consider moving to Nashville? You know, maybe years ago, out of school, out of high school, I did think about it. And when I graduated, I went down for a couple of days because I knew some friends. And I seen how how hard they struggle. I've seen, you know, a lot of folks, they go down there and they spend a lifetime and they ultimately don't make it. Well, I just didn't see myself being in that position. I knew that I could do the music and still have my farm and still have my business and still do what I wanted to do, but not necessarily take the chance and just go for broke because unfortunately, um, you know, Nashville and other towns can be cruel to musicians and I've seen the bad side of that as well. So I really wasn't going to do that. I really wasn't. That makes sense. That makes sense. I must say, an audience, shame on me. I have not really mentioned this much, if at all, so far during our conversation. But, wow, a lot, a lot of views, Richard, on your YouTube channel. A combined total of approximately 630,000. How important is YouTube to you, and how involved are you with it? Well, I have to be perfectly honest with you. My wife, she is a marketing guru. She's incredibly smart. She is. She don't take no for an answer. She puts me <laughs> out there, and she believes in me more than anything. And I, if I can just say one thing, if there's anybody out there young and listening, surround yourself with people that believe in you because my wife and I are proof positive. If you find someone that believes in you, big things and great things can happen to you. And my wife is absolute proof in the pudding that she has done that. For me now, I'll be honest with you, I, I can almost use my flip phone on a good day. because. <laughs> <laughs> so all the marketing media, all the wonderful things that's out there that's going on with the uh, social media, my wife and uh, our promoter 
has accomplished all that on their own without my help. <laughs> well, without your help, but certainly your participation insofar as, yes, dear, if you think this will work, dear, thank you, dear, I love you, dear, I appreciate yes. it, because <laughs> if she's telling you, look, you know, we need you to go out back on the farm and get up on the stage with the band and we're going to shoot a video because we need something for YouTube, that's where you are saying, well, my flip phone wouldn't know any better, but you sure do, so let's round up the guys and, and let's go shoot something because she does tell you this is why it's beneficial and you love her and you trust her. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, down home, we got a saying, you're picking up what I'm sitting down. I'm telling you right now, you <laughs> did you did right, right away. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to close today with another one of Richard's original songs, one called High Above the Midnight Sky, which is off of the Radio Friend album that came out one year ago this month. Richard, before I let you go and I play that track, share with the audience first all about this song, if you would, please. Well, High Above the Midnight Sky is a song that I co-wrote with a, another songwriter named Jim Erb. And Jim is a Cincinnati guy that loves music, and he, he wanted to dabble in the songwriting. He contacted me, and uh, he said, Richard, I've got this idea. Let's get together. And we did just that. We got home. I met him at my house. We spent all the better part of a morning together. And I said, Jim, what do you think about this? And he said, what do you think about this? And ultimately, we collaborated as two songwriters bringing a great song together and uh, i think all the moon and stars was in line that particular day because the song you know makes mention of the lord above and it makes mention of a heavenly divine place and i'm just glad that i got to be part of that particular song yeah and so it sounds fitting that the title is high above the midnight sky because as you're saying all the planets aligned all the cliches that people use in that regard it seems like the perfect punctuation to the song that the two of you sat down and wrote Thank you. I think you're right. I appreciate hearing that. Richard, great to meet you. Thank you for making time to be on Now Here This Entertainment. We will all be continuing to follow you throughout the year. Best of luck with the new album. Thank you so much. It was a blast to be on your show. Can't wait to see you guys in person and shake hands and get to know each other. Thank you, sir. Absolutely. Absolutely. And with that, I will wrap up another new episode of Now Hear This Entertainment. My sincere thanks to singer, songwriter, guitar player Richard Lynch. Again, do visit his official website at richardlynchband.com. As I mentioned before, I will put a link to it on the show page for this episode on my podcast website, nhte.net. You heard Richard talk today about the new album that is currently being recorded. Keep up with him online for news and availability regarding the release of that project. And of course, Radio Friend, the album released one year ago this month, and lots more original music from Richard's catalog, is available in the store section of richardlynchband.com, including digital and physical units. Do also find and follow Richard on Spotify. Remember that at the bottom of his website, there are links to follow Richard on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. I have already done that. I have followed Richard on all three of those platforms, and I know he would appreciate you doing the same. You just heard us talk about his YouTube channel, approximately 630,000 combined video views on there. Look for the logo to link over to there, too, so you can hit the subscribe button and then watch and like the videos on there. For that matter, tell Richard you heard him and his music on Now Hear This Entertainment. Of course, iTunes and other online digital music retailers are certainly viable options for purchasing Richard's original music. 
I do truly hope that you like this show, that you're enjoying what I'm doing every week on the Now Hear This Entertainment podcast. If you've made it all the way to the end, thank you for having stuck with Richard and I, and I'm going to assume that that means that you do like the podcast. You can take action to let me know that you appreciate the work that I do to keep making this show happen every week, every month, going on 10 years now without missing once by going on my podcast website, nhte.net, and then using the yellow Buy Me a Coffee logo that you will see there. This is not a sponsor. It's not affiliated with any brand or chain. It's just a fun way for you to send your support, your thanks to me, including a note that I will see when you utilize that option. You can also just head directly to buymeacoffee.com slash Bruce W. That's going to do it for episode 520. Thanks ever so much for listening. I'll send you out today with another song from Richard Lynch. This is the one he just talked about. It's called High Above the Midnight Sky. High above the midnight sky Stars appear as candlelights Tiny specks of wishful dreams They brighten up the night for me way above the midnight sky there's a heavenly paradise prayers are heard where angels sing and the Lord has prepared a place for me Hey